Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. There are not many theological lessons to be learned from the movie Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, but today we're going to start there. The two characters, Butch and Sundance, played by Paul Newman and Robert Redford, are fleeing from a posse after they robbed a bank or held up a train, something like that. And they just can't seem to outrun their band of pursuers. They wade upstream through rapids. They send their horses off in one direction and go in another, covering their tracks all the way. They clambered barefoot over rock, leaving no trace whatsoever, and glanced back only to see the posse still hot on their trail. Butch and Sundance are running out of tricks. They're running out of places to hide. They're running out of time. And each time they look back, they catch a glimpse of the posse still following them somehow. And they can't believe it. Every trick in the book and these guys are somehow still able to follow them. And they look at each other in disbelief and say to one another, Who are these guys? Who are these guys? Throughout the Gospels, a similar question is asked about Jesus. Who is this guy? And if we listen closely to His words in our Gospel reading for today, Jesus answers this question for us, rather succinctly, with two statements. But when he makes these two statements, the Jews are ready to kill him. These two statements that caught my attention in preparation for this morning too. Two statements that Jesus wants us to believe. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. And at the saying of those two statements, the Jews are ready to kill him. But we need to believe. You can understand the Jews reacting to Jesus the way that they did when he said... Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. After all, Abraham died. The great Abraham died. The prophets died. They look around and everyone dies. You and I see the same thing. I remember one of the very first funeral visitations I ever went to. I was just a little boy. I came up to the open casket and saw the body there. And as I stared at it, my mind started to play tricks on me. I thought I saw the chest move just a little bit. A hand wiggle, a facial muscle twitch, but it was not so. This body was dead. The hands did not move. The lungs did not breathe air in and out. 
The heart did not pump blood through the body. The eyes did not open. We know the death of a body. We know that one day death will take each one of us. No matter how much research is put into it, the death rate for the human race is still 100%. One day we will see death unless the day of the Lord's return comes first. But that's not all that's going on here when we talk about death. Death kills more than just the body. It kills a relationship too. It kills the relationship people have with one another. It kills the relationship you have with someone you care about. It kills the relationship with someone you work with. It kills the relationship with someone you love. Because of death, that relationship has come to an end. That relationship is now severed. And so we can know and understand what the Jews were thinking and feeling when Jesus said, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. What are you saying, Jesus? Everyone dies. The second statement. Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. We need to go back. But not back to Abraham who lived a few thousand years before Jesus walked the earth. But to Moses having to flee Egypt. He was tending sheep and flock and he sees this bush off the side of the mountain and it burns. But it doesn't burn up. And so he goes to investigate and before he can get there, a voice tells him, take off your sandals. For this ground is holy ground. I am the God of your fathers, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And there in front of that burning bush, Moses receives his commission. He receives the task of going to free the Israelites from slavery in Egypt. But before Moses goes, he asks a key question. He asks, Lord, who shall I say is sending me? What's your name? We sometimes say Lord or Yahweh, but His name is I Am. I am who I am. And now Jesus says before Abraham was I Am. And so the Jews knew immediately, they knew immediately who He was claiming to be. That he was claiming to be the great God. The one that no time can intrude. No one was. No one will be. Simply am. Before creation. After creation is over. Jesus, Son of God. He is the great I am. In unity with the Trinity. He along with the Holy Spirit. One God. The I am. And so they pick up stones. But we need to hold on to His words. Keep them close and believe them. But the mystery of the Trinity is hard to do. It's hard to understand. So Jesus gives us something to work with. 
Throughout John's Gospel, Jesus makes several statements that are referred to as the I am statements. In John chapter 15, Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. What does a vine do? A vine gives life. Cut a branch off a vine and what does it do? It dies. Throw it away. Burn it up. The relationship is severed. No more life. But connected. Holding on to Jesus. Keeping His words. Believing. He's the vine who gives you life. In John chapter 6, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Bread on the table when we celebrate Holy Communion. And when we talk about the Lord's Supper, what do we say? It is there for the forgiveness of our sins and for the strengthening of our faith, which leads to life and salvation. The bread of life. Jesus gives us life. In John chapter 10, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. What does a good shepherd do? He's got the authority to lay down his life for the sheep, and that's exactly what he did. On the cross, the good shepherd laid down his life for you and for me. He died. His body stopped. No hands moving. No blood pumping through the vessels. No breath in his lungs, no eye movement. The death we deserve was his. The death of a relationship? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And in that moment, death intrudes on that relationship between father and son. But he did that for us so that our relationship with Him might never be severed. But the Good Shepherd has more than authority to lay down His life. He has the authority to pick it back up again. And on that Easter morning, that's exactly what happened. And through the power of His Spirit, we heard our name, His words, and we listened to and keep His words. In our Gospel reading for today, earlier in John chapter 9, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. If you have a garden, you've been waiting for that sun to come out, right? Because when the sun comes out, the plants grow and live. Because if it's dark, most plants die. Jesus shines light and life. So that all things can grow. In John chapter 11, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Lazarus died. And Jesus comes four days later. Martha says, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Jesus tells her, your brother will live again. And Martha makes a wonderful confession. I know that He will live on the day of the resurrection. She believed. She is holding on to those words that on the last day the body will rise. The body will live again. 
The blood will flow. The heart will beat. The eyes will see. The hands will move and the legs will dance. But Jesus has more for her to see. He says to her, Whoever believes in Me, though he die, yet shall he live. And whoever believes in Me will never die. And having said that, He goes to the tomb and says, Lazarus, come out. And what does the body do? It lives. Jesus, the great I Am, the bread of life, the light of the world, the vine, the good shepherd, the resurrection and the life. He is the source and giver of life. It does not matter what death could ever do to us. Jesus lives. One day your body will live for all of eternity, never to die again on His return. And in between, the relationship lives on. There's a story a pastor tells about a time that he needed to go do a hospital visit. A husband was on life support. Nothing more could be done from the medical field. The machines were keeping him alive. His lungs breathing and his heart beating. But nothing else. And so the time came for his wife to say, take him off. So the pastor was there, the doctor and nurses were there, and the wife was there too. And they removed the tubes and shut down the machine. And the monitor soon gave the story. A flat line. Nothing. And then they turned them off. And in the seconds of silence after that, the man's wife looked at the doctor and said, Can you turn it back on? The doctor could not turn it back on. None of us can. But Jesus is the great I Am. And He can. In Romans chapter 8, we hear about the Holy Spirit praying or interceding us, interceding for us with groans that we may not even understand. If you've lost someone very close to you, I'm sure that you know this to be true. And at the very end of this chapter, Paul says this, I am sure that neither first thing on the list, I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Our I Am. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps My Word, he will never see death. Why? Because before Abraham was, I Am. Believe it. Hold on to those words and you will live. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, guard our hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.